Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pod of DC. I'm your host, Rick Bernstein. I hope you're having a fine, fine day. My family and I feel very fortunate to be a part of a community of individuals and families right here in the nation's capital region who are givers and sharers of their time and talents that help weave together and tighten the fabric of our community a little more bit by bit. Enter the Rossman family, neighbors of ours, and writers, artists, and creators of their self-published book, Sing Your Child's Story, Parents as Modern Bards. In this book, the Rossman family shares how they've used music to become closer as a family and to help unleash their emotions and creativity through songwriting and performance. Here they are, Hart, Melissa, Sierra, Jaden, and Isla, the Rossman family. Enjoy. When you met Melissa, I mean, was this something that immediately you guys had that shared passion as far as music and really being drawn to that together? We definitely had each our own share love of music. She had always been interested in going to concerts and, you know, listening to live performances of music. Uh, She came with a background that she had cultivated around poetry and slam poetry events and things like that, spoken word. You know, I've always enjoyed listening to music and, and I'm not much of a performer or player, but I've always preferred playing music. I just enjoy the mm. process, even though, I, again, I'm not very uh, sophisticated or practiced. I like participating in things. And so for me, working with an instrument or singing or whatever it is, it's just so much more engaging than sitting in the audience and listening to somebody else play for two or three hours, although I enjoy that too. Right. So it's actually taking part in the process versus just being kind of a casual consumer appreciator, but but wanting to create as well and exactly. kind of taking that into your own hands. Melissa, when Hart approached you with this project, how did it all come about? It sounds like you guys have been pulling out the songs and the guitar and those kinds of things since the kids came into the picture. Was this a pitch he had to make to you about writing this book or was it something that just evolved itself and you were on board with the idea? Well, as most things with heart, <laughs> he has an idea. He has a bucket list and he's like, I'm going to go do this thing. And I'm like, okay, go do this thing. That's cool. Self-publishing. And then um, it wasn't until I really read what he had wrote where I was like, okay, like I get this. I think this is pretty cool. So I tend to be the supporter in the process when he's got a big idea. Your book that's coming out, and we want to talk about that and kind of get into it, seeing your child's story, Parents as Modern Bards. Hart, you do mention in the early going of the book about being sung to from your parents. Were they musical? Not so much. In, in fact, I grew up uh, my, my whole life to this day with my father saying there are thousands of people in this world who wish he wouldn't sing. <laughs> but, but it was important to them to give that gift to me and my sister, to use it as a way to uh, one way to communicate their affection and their love for us, um, particularly uh, in my case, as I, I started off in the hospital early on when they couldn't have a lot of direct physical contact with me. Mm. And so it, it was just a great way for them to bond with me and my sister without having to be experts, right? And that that's part of what I love about music too, is that anybody can be musical. Anybody can express an emotion or a point of view through music. It really doesn't require any mastery of the subject or, or years and years of study, just a desire to, to try it. You know, the earliest songs that, that I remember them teaching us were really how to spell our own name. And then they maybe add some verses or change the tune and, and change the theme to some behaviors, silly little behaviors they liked about us or a fun little scenario that maybe have happened as the family. And the songs were never long. 
maybe one or two verses tops and a mm. verse might be, you know, a phrase or two. But it was the kind of thing that even very young, like I could learn to sing it and belt it out as, as loud and as off key as I wanted. It is I think music for many people is a struggle at first, right? You want something to sound amazing the first time you try it. And so you pick up a guitar or sit down at a piano or you go to sing something and you just want it to sound like the popular artists you hear on the radio. And it often doesn't. And so people are intimidated about even trying, right? They might've had an experience in school where they, they tried to join the choir, they were in the choir or they were in the audience of the choir. And they were like, it doesn't sound like my favorite pop star. So I must not be good at this. And then of course they, they have a child and they, they probably want to sing, but don't know how or are afraid, afraid to try, right? And so a, a big reason that we wanted to write this book was to give anybody a simple formula to develop good songs, fun songs, engaging songs that they can sing to their children that can teach their children about themselves uh, and about the world around them and do it in a really accessible way, right? Anybody can get started. Anybody can try it. No prior experience, training or talent. And through that practice, you know, one of the things we talk about in the book is that if you're into this, you're going to develop a short little song and you're going to sing it every night to your child. Well, you're going to get 365 performances out of that first year. And if you keep singing it for a few years, you know, now you're into thousands of performances. You may start that very first night, you know, who knows where you're going to be in, in your voice, in your pacing, in your tone, right? In your confidence in the lyrics. But by gosh, you know, 365 performances in, you're going to have nailed it. That's a lot of practice. It's a lot of time to get things right, but also to collaborate. Now, Melissa, you have a credit in the book as style. What does that mean? I like to do art and crafting. And you took some of my pictures, some of my artwork made it in and I, I did some edits. I'm a literacy specialist. So it's so funny, but like the same coaching I use with first graders <laughs> works with heart too. Like <laughs> we've got to show what we mean, not tell what we mean. Those were the actual comments. I wrote when I was editing and that there are good ways to hook your reader, action, dialogue, thoughts. I wrote those in the margins too. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, she influenced the style, not just of the songs that we created when the kids were growing up, but very much of the, of the book is she saying, you know, I had a particular voice. I wrote the first couple of drafts in and then Melissa kind of came in and really helped me find my voice. Maybe it's a first grade voice and that's okay. Um, but she really did kind of shape it. And then we also, as time went on, I, I did, I said, Hey, this is great artwork you've done. Although you didn't create it for the book, I think it really fits. And would you be open to including it as part of what we're doing? And she was kind of kind enough to do that. In our house, we are often creating things. When the kids were little, we were creating stories and one thing I've always sort of considered myself, whether I was doing it for myself or for students or for someone else is like a writer. So we always tell stories in our house. And I think each child in their way has sort of taken that on. And then, you know, the cool thing is also seeing them develop in a parallel way as musicians. And I always see these hobbies as like gifts that we give ourselves and I tell that to the kids, like when you learn to do something, you give yourself a gift 
that you can use for the rest of your life. You know, who knows where all these parallel interests and hobbies and experiences will take them. Just go for it. You don't have to be perfect. Just you have an idea, write it down. You're not sure like what exactly happened. Then think like, what might it have felt like? What might have happened? How might it have gone? And I think that being a writer and maybe composing as well, you just have to be willing to like give it a try. And maybe it doesn't sound so great the first time, but you can play around with it and make it better. And I think maybe being an elementary school teacher gives me a different perspective on like what's okay to write down on a piece of paper. But I think you have to loosen up a little bit and be willing to give it a shot. So we've got ukuleles, we've got piano, we've got guitar. What instruments am I missing in the Rossman family? The kids swear that if we do a family band, they're going to give me a triangle. Okay. There's many, (laughs) you know, it has three sides, Melissa. So (laughs) they said there's three sides to every story. So maybe it's cowbell or... I don't know. Or if you just give me some lyrics and teach me the song, I can sing it too. (laughs) Speaking of the third side to the story, I think it's time we hear from the kids. Girls, from what I understand, so your dad had a big hand in writing a lot of the words of the book. Now, the style of the book is in your mom's flair. So she has a flair for the artistic and things. And you guys actually did the artwork, though. Yes. That's very cool. What kind of fun have you had with this project? What's been the coolest part of it for you taking part in it? I learned my middle name from the song. Really? Was that the first time you heard your middle name was the song? I don't actually remember. (laughs) But you learned it? And what do you think? Do you like how it flows? Yeah. So Isla, your parents did a good job with your name and the inspiration? Definitely. How about you, Sierra? What's been your fun takeaway from this project? Well, I've been doing a little bit of digital art, both um, in classes and on my own. I helped make one of the covers and some of the art inside. So I think what was most fun was being able to experiment with all the different mediums of art and things that I could add to the book. Sierra, I understand you get inspired or have been inspired before by something called Poetry Slams, and, and that's kind of inspired you too to kind of think about lyrics and music and that kind of thing. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um. Yeah, sure. So... I have been playing a lot of different instruments for a while in school and out of school. While doing that, I get to listen to new music. I get to listen to new types of like poetry and literature. I've taken things from songs I've heard and poems and things like that. Sometimes it's something that I want to remember and I'll write it down. The one thing that I think my dad was referencing was we were at this little cottage that we have and I was it was maybe 11 at night and my sisters were going to sleep and I had my music full volume in my ears and I was kind of like dancing around it was something that I wanted to remember so I wrote it down and it ended up evolving into a little bit of a chorus and even past there so yeah That's excellent. Now, Jaden, as I was going through the book, I ran across a song that you had put together called Bob the Cat. What was your process in putting that together? Well, um, I saw the formula and it was the first thing that popped into my head. And I wanted to make a character that like basically the worst thing you would want in a pet where they do nothing all day and they keep you up at night. And I just thought that was really funny. Now, you mentioned a formula. Tell me a little bit about that. 
want to start out by like spelling so the kid learns how to spell their name and then mm-hmm. you want to do like a little thing about them and then you want to like circle around to that's how you know he's bob the cat mm-hmm. are you still writing songs on your own or with friends and that kind of thing and, and using that type of formula I mean, sometimes I kind of just wrote like two songs pretty close together and now I'm not really doing anything. I'm sure I'll circle back to it, but yeah. What's the name of the song that you wrote about your bunny? Demon Bunny. It started out as like a poem for class because my bunny's very uh, territorial and skittish and does not let my sister in her room because my older sister is a bunny. Whenever she comes in, uh, she'll let Sierra pet her, but as soon as she backs away, Bunny will jump and try to bite her foot. Oh, <laughs> um, wow. And actually, recently, she did the same thing to my dad. He was being mean and said, I hadn't spent enough time with her, and then you bit him. So whenever she'd come in, she'd go, Demon Bunny, yes, as a joke. And so I wrote a poem for class about it because, like, I had to do something involving emotions or experience. That's just kind of boring. And so, I don't know, I picked a topic that was relatively interesting. And then after I wrote it, I was like, hey, this would make a funny song. Isla had already written, like, at least one song. And Sierra had, I think she had a couple of drafts. Uh, So I was like, hey, I could do that too. And so uh, me and my ukulele teacher uh, worked on it and uh, wrote it. And basically has three verses. Okay. And each verses from a different perspective the first one's from my perspective the second is from uh, my sister's perspective and the third is from my bunny's perspective or at least what i think her perspective would be of course uh the song does outline uh mean parts of her she is sweet yeah she's just more skittish than uh my sister's bunny so yeah do you want to share some of your lyrics uh so yeah the song is um all she does is uh, glare all day, scratch and chew and mope away. She can't understand me, but I still say, demon bunny, go away. That was my verse. The second verse is, she ain't my bunny, I don't care. So protective, it's quite a scare. If I walk around, I have to say, demon bunny, go away. The third verse is from my bunny's perspective. It's, all I want is love or space. I just want my own place. So when that girl comes, I have to say, demon girl, just go away which responds to it because she destroys my stuff and is noisy because she wants my attention. Although usually I'm in school, so that makes it slightly hard. And then she just wants her and place refers to how she doesn't like when uh, Sierra is in my room because then in her mind it's like the other bunny's trying to uh, take over her space. And so, yeah. You also have a bit of a collaborator too, a professional collaborator that I'm sure comes in handy. Can you tell me about him a little bit? I'm actually really glad you brought it up. And and Rick, you've given us a chance to introduce your audience to Tim. Tim Cretella has been uh, the girls' music instructor for the last couple of years. And I've even had a chance to work with him a little bit myself. And he's really been a fantastic, uh, not only teacher, but an awesome collaborator with the girls. He's a wonderful recording artist. And he's really kind of helped them think about taking some of their ideas and, and really shape them to be more musical to something that they can play for the family, play for friends, or maybe even publicly. Tim started by having an opportunity to teach Sierra ukulele. And then within a matter of months, he was teaching all three of the girls and, and again, giving me some occasional lessons as well. 
and you feel like that's really helped you guys shape, shift the songs for, for all the girls and I'm sure for you too and some of your creative input. It has in a lot of ways. You know, one of the things that we really love about Tim, in addition to the the fact that he's um, just quite the artist and performer himself, is that he brings this sort of joy of music that's infectious. You can't spend time with him and not all of a sudden in the moment become passionate about music, become passionate about song. It had such a lasting impression with me that when we were writing the book, I asked him if he'd be willing to be interviewed for part of it. And so when you get to chapter five, you'll have an opportunity to learn a little bit about uh, his philosophy with music and get some insights from him about how to approach some of these things. So speaking of how to approach some of these things, Sierra and and Isla, I want to ask you too, do you think of a title first and the verses, or do you kind of come up with the chorus and all of that and you save the name of the title of the song for the very end? Um, well, I kind of came up with the title for mine midway through rearranging words and phrases within the chorus. I started with some words, but I'm not sure how Isla did it. It depends on what the song is. So if I already have an idea of what the song should be based on, I usually kind of start with the title. Okay. But if I have no idea what I'm about to write, I start with the words and then the title. And you've got your guitar there with you, Isla. When does the music come in? Do you start playing the music even before you come up with some of the words or the title, depending on on your inspiration? Or do you save that for kind of after? I start the music after I finish the song. Oh, awesome. Well, look, you've got your guitar in hand. Can you set up like an introduction for your song and and maybe we can hear it? Do you want to play the whole thing or a little bit of it? It, you're, You're welcome to do either. I'll play the whole thing. Okay, great. It's called Secret, and it's about snow. Snow in winter is a mystery Falling soft and silent on the ground Secret and white falling, falling White and deep sometimes Inch by inch it's all there Snow is a mystery, and it should stay that way. Nice job. Bravo. Wow. Thank you. So was that this past winter? Was this when you came up with Secret? It was last winter, and maybe the winter before. And what chords were those, or what notes were you playing there on the guitar? I was playing A minor, Mm -hmm. C, F. What's been harder, you think, to write the music and the words or actually learn to play some of the guitar chords? I think it was probably harder to write the song. Yeah, I could see that because you can practice the chords, right? And especially if you have an instructor or someone giving you lessons, you can kind of practice where your fingers go and your how your hand moves. But when it comes to the lyrics, that's something that's all from your brain and your inspiration and what you're feeling. So that's great. So I'm impressed. I mean, shoot, learning how to play the guitar. And I believe you're celebrating a birthday as well. So happy birthday. Thank you. The ripe old age of? Nine. Nine. We are picking up the guitar and playing. So you learned your middle name from this process. Tell me a little bit about the song that your dad would sing for you. Um, well, he would start by spelling my first name. And then he'd spell my middle name, 
and then he'd say a little bit about me, and then he'd spell my first name, middle name, and then he'd finish the song with another couple things about me. And did you agree with him? Did you say, yep, you're right. I am great and wonderful and everything that you sing about for me. Yeah. <laughs> do you want to sing the first verse of your song? Um, do it together? Sure. We'll, we'll give it a whirl here, right? Also, first time ever recording. We'll have you learn her middle name through the song as well, just as she did. All right, ready? A-Y-L-A-N-I-C O-L-E spells Isla Nicole Your two big sisters Love you so much. You're the third Rossman that completes the bunch. Mom and Dad love you. That's no lie. You play with Scout when the sun is up high. A-Y-L-A-N-I-C-O-L-E spells Isla Nicole. So it's Nicole. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing those, Isla. So Hart, kind of walk through with us exactly how you came up with the spelling, the cadence, kind of the ups, the downs, and, and kind of how you get into that in the book. Yeah, sure thing. So we, we've got this three-part pattern that we've just been using with all of the kids' songs. It starts with each verse, sing spelling the child's name. Uh, then you sing their name as it sounds. And then you finish with a quick little observation or two about the child. And then if you've got another verse, you you can sort of think of it as either end or begin with sing spelling their their name again right but it's it's mm-hmm. sing spell the name sing the name and then uh, have an observation or two about the child and the process that I've always used is I start with the lyrics is what do we want to say about the child because the sing spelling is by itself some lyrics I always write the name out a few different times right Right out Isla, Isla Nicole, Isla Nicole Rossman. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll use markers or crayons or something to, you know, allow me to visually see different things about their name, capitalizing different parts, you know, trying to look for some interesting patterns within the name, but just sort of see the name in a whole new light. And then uh, from there, when you've got a, a child, whether they're a newborn or, or you've brought the child into your home through adoption or another means, those early days, you're spending so much time with them, right? Which is really a gift. And so what I try to do is reflect on some of those early experiences and emotions and how other family members react and jot some of those ideas down. And from there, really just try to work out some succinct ideas. I think for me, you can probably tell on the podcast, I'm a little verbose. And so for me, I have all these ideas <laughs> I want to communicate. I've got to truncate them down to you know just a couple of quick phrases that I think I can sing. And so really, after I get that sing spell down and maybe that first observation or two, I just start singing it. And what I mean by that is I'll try tunes I'm familiar with. Maybe I'll see if it fits to Happy Birthday or Baba Black Sheep or whatever a popular song might be that I'm listening to right now. And then I'll let my voice wander. I, I wish I had like a, a mechanical way of doing it, but I just try sing spelling the name to a bunch of different melodies and tunes mm. until I get one I'm comfortable with. And for me, the way I hone in on it is through thinking about the syllables in the name, right? Because a lot of times I've found you can match the syllables in the name to the beat of a melody, the beat of a song. I think if you've had any musical experience, you've been listening to the radio your whole life or playing records or listening to podcasts or whatever it might be, your brain starts to zoom in on some melodies that could work for you. 
And, mm-hmm. and then it's just a matter of tinkering a bit until you get comfortable with it. And again, recognizing that if it's a song you like, uh, you're going to be singing it thousands of times in your life. And so you want it to be upbeat. You want it to be catchy, right? You want it to be something that literally puts a smile on your face every single time you sing it. And the actual beat can be done in different ways, right? So snapping your fingers, the popping of the the finger out of the mouth, some underarm flatulence noises, possibly, to add a little excitement. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and giggles into the mix. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I always wondered, how does a musician, when their job is performing, play the same song, you know, every night for years? And you imagine these people have had, you know, huge hits. And, you know, 50 years from now, they're being asked to play, you know, that big hit. And I, I think, you know, and you, you see a little bit of this, too, that they don't do it exactly the same every time. Right. There's a little variation and some of it's the mechanics of the environment they're in. But some of it is that they know it so well, they're improvising and they're, you know, drawing some things out or placing emphasis in a different area or they're playing it acoustic instead of, you know, engineered in a recording studio, whatever it might be. And you think, wow, they've got to be really talented to do that. Well, by the time you've sung your child's song 250 times, you're also looking for a little variation oh, yeah. and variety and inspiration. Right. And also the, the kid's getting older. And so early on, I started doing simple things like just clapping because our daughters would want to clap along in the song. And so I'd spice it up by clapping or maybe you know, throwing in a whistle or a funny noise to get them to giggle. And you know, over time, we started you know, adding in, like, like you said, those popping noises and a variety of other things to make it interactive, to make it interesting. And then it's super cool because it gets recycled over time. Uh, we'll go through phases where, you know, we're doing whatever the the sound effect is for a couple of weeks or months, and then we'll try something else for a while. And then, you know, a year or two later, they might bring that back and it's fresh again. As I was working on the book, it occurred to me that there are going to be people out there who want to know what's going on. Uh, underneath the music or behind the music that they'll be singing along. And just like you asked Isla earlier, you know, what chords is she playing? She knows it because um, her music teacher helped her transcribe it. But I thought, what if somebody doesn't have access to a music teacher? What if somebody has that that thirst for knowledge? And most people these days have a smartphone. So I, I thought, I wonder if I can get my smartphone to help me figure it out. And really in a matter of about an hour or so, I did a little research, downloaded a couple of different apps, a couple of them we reference in the book, and gave it a go. And it turns out that there's a few apps out there that can really do a good job if you just sing your song into your phone, right? You don't need any other special equipment. It'll transcribe and tell you what chords are going to go best with what you're singing. And it's, it's kind of fun. Did it change the way I sing the songs? No. But when it came time then to think about uh, if I wanted to play music along with it on a piano or a guitar, I could take that and just learn those chords, right? If, if you're not a musician, if you don't want to invest you know, years of your life into learning an instrument, you could sing your song, have it transcribed by one of these apps, and then pick up you know, a used guitar and just learn those three chords, just enough to accompany your child's song and just have a lifetime of, of joy from that. So tell us a little bit about how we can find this book. And again, it's called Sing Your Child's Story, Parents as Modern Bards. And how can we learn a little bit more about bringing out the story for your child? You'll be able to find the book uh, online at amazon.com. And we're offering it 
two different ways. The first is you can buy a soft cover book and you know have that mailed to you. And there's also a version that will be available uh, via your Kindle. So if you just want a digital copy, that's there too. And then we've got a website to go along with it, which is uh, www.myfamilysong.rocks. And our thinking there is that uh, obviously we want a place where people can come to learn about the book and, and be able to purchase it. But also, we're thinking we'd like to create a little bit of a community. We'd like to think that through the the writing of this book that others might be inspired or might be motivated to give it a try. And we just think it'd be cool to connect to those people in some way and, and give them an opportunity to share and learn from each other. We wrote this book because we we wanted to share this approach with our friends and family in the world. And we hope that it inspires or motivates a parent to write a song for their child about their child. But we also want to give back to the community. And so one of the things we decided over dinner as a family while we were working on the book is that we want a substantial amount of the proceeds from each book sale to go to a charity. And what we thought about was each year we'd pick a charity and donate, again, a substantial portion of the proceeds uh, to them. And so this first year, uh, to coincide with the launch of the book, we're going to be donating money to I Support the Girls, which is a charity that we feel very strongly about and does amazing work out there in the world. And we're hoping that that too is a bit of a motivator. People want to engage in song and they want uh, their purchase to go to supporting a good cause. Fantastic keeping the music alive, keeping it going. Certainly in this time during the pandemic when you know we haven't been able to experience it live from our favorite artists at our favorite venues, keeping this in the home and sharing it with family is a wonderful thing. And I appreciate you doing that and for the work that you do in our shared community, you and I being a few houses down from each other. Kudos, congratulations on this project and providing those memorable experiences for families to share moving forward. Thanks, Rick. Oh, thank you so much, Rick. And thanks for having us on your podcast. I've enjoyed listening to the stories you've shared with with other people that that you know, and just really honored that you were willing to to give our book a read and give us an opportunity and talk about it with your listeners. Absolutely. For those looking to go on ahead and, and get their copy, it is an easy read. It's very digestible. There's some nice pointers and tricks and the process and a nice template that you lay out and really appreciate the generosity of spirit and, and for sharing your story. Be sure to go check out their book on Amazon. Again, Sing Your Child's Story, Parents as Modern Bards by the Rossman Family. And thanks again for listening to The Pod of DC. I'm your host, Rick Bernstein, and we'll talk soon.